0: They carry AAPI owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com.
1: It's Tuesday, July 27th. I'm Aguila Hughes.
2: And I'm Gideon Resik, and this is What a Day, the only podcast that is recorded on the beach that makes you old.
1: Yeah, it's either that or doing the news makes us age a lot faster.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, if that's true, I've just been going to a normal beach to do this podcast every day for two years.
1: I mean, at least you're a local, you know. People know you there now. (laughs)
2: On today's show, LeVar Burton hosts his first episode of Jeopardy. Plus, Kanye West has taken up residence in the same arena where he held a listening party for his upcoming album.
1: I mean, that is fascinating for sure. But first, (laughs) we're going to dive in on the pandemic and mandates. So we're going to start with masks in the U.S. So last week, we talked about L.A. being the first major U.S. county to reinstate a mask mandate for indoor public spaces and that more mandates might be on the way. Well, since then, cities like St. Louis, Missouri and Savannah, Georgia have imposed their own. And nationally, Dr. Anthony Fauci told CNN's Jake Tapper on Sunday that federal public health officials were also thinking about updating their guidance for when and where the vaccinated should wear masks in public.
0: You know, Jake, this is under active consideration. If you're asking that part of the discussion, yes, I am.
1: Okay, so that is where it stands with mask mandates. But with lagging vaccinations across the country and the rapid, dangerous spread of the Delta variant, there's a new mandate to be aware of. So some cities and states and agencies are moving towards vaccine mandates. Gideon, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, well, we can kind of look at an example of what it looks like from overseas to know how it could look here. So Mm -hmm. last week, France mandated health workers to be vaccinated by Mm mid-September. And starting on August 1st for the general public, people would effectively be barred from lots of indoor public settings we know and love if they couldn't show proof of vaccination or a negative test. Almost immediately, two things happened. The country saw more people signing up to get shots, like a lot, a lot, a lot, so uh, success, but also a lot of protests, so you take your lumps. Uh, And nearby, Italy has also taken a similar approach. Mm -hmm. Now, the U.S. is not at that point yet, uh, but yesterday might have brought us a little bit closer. For one thing, nearly 60 medical groups, including the American Medical Association and the American Nurses Association, called for this nationwide mandate that all healthcare workers be vaccinated. Independently, that has become a requirement for a lot of hospitals across the country, but it is far from uniform. For example, the CDC estimates that a little less than 60% of nursing home staff have been fully vaccinated at this point.
1: Wow, that is incredibly irresponsible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then there's a new policy by the Department of Veterans Affairs.
2: That's right. So they became the first federal agency to issue any kind of vaccination mandate. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough told the New York Times that beginning tomorrow, actually, about 115,000 frontline healthcare workers are going to have eight weeks to get fully vaccinated or they could face potential removal from their jobs. Those kinds of workers include doctors, dentists and nurses. Right now, reportedly about 70% of workers in the department's healthcare centers have been fully vaccinated.
1: All right, that's encouraging. Then what about on the more local level? Like, what vaccine mandates have been announced so far?
2: So two pretty big examples here. Uh, Let's start with New York City, where Mayor Bill de Blasio made this announcement yesterday for city employees. On September 13th, the entire city workforce will be mandated under the COVID safety mandate to either get vaccinated, which is far preferable, or get tested once a week. This will apply to about 340,000 municipal workers, and it's meant to be time to the reopening of schools in the city. For some, the requirements are actually going to start earlier in August. City staff that are unvaccinated are going to have to wear a mask indoors as well, mm. but some unions have pushed back saying that they'd want to negotiate on these requirements first. Then we heard almost the exact same thing in California, where Governor Gavin Newsom announced yesterday that there will be a similar policy for all of his state employees and healthcare workers. 246,000 Californians are state employees. 246,000 Californians should be vaccinated. And if they're not vaccinated and cannot verify that they've been vaccinated, uh, we are requiring uh, that they get tested. They keep mentioning that to make it sound like a lot more onerous. I agree. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to get tested at work once every single week? Or do you want to get vaccinated once? You know, choice is yours. Um, what else do these places have in common? They have huge populations and vaccination rates that are higher than the national average, but also these climbing COVID cases due largely to Delta. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if other places start to follow suit and if this is the start of something bigger.
1: Oh, man, I just can't keep saying it enough, but uh, I called it. (laughs) I called it, CDC. Listen to me sometimes. Why do we even do this show if they're not going to hear me? Anyway, uh, it all speaks to how Delta has put us right back into a very precarious moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. Most states are seeing some kind of rise in COVID hospitalizations at the moment. Two examples of where we're seeing steep and pretty fast rises are in places with these lower vaccination rates, like parts of Missouri and Florida. We can link to a map the New York Times has in our show notes so you can see that visualized for yourselves. And also in the past few days, the White House is now reportedly thinking that people who are immunocompromised or 65 and older may actually need a booster shot at some point after all. Mm. There is no official decision on that yet, uh, but we'll stay on top of it, of course, as it continues to develop. So that's what mandates look like on the state and national level. But Akila, another side of this is how individual businesses and companies are coming up with their own policies here. So what is the word there?
1: Yeah. So the big international debate over vaccine passports has finally gone local. Hmm. As we will all recall, people were up in arms about the idea of vaccine passports and how without some uniform system in place, it likely wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. Well, since nothing has been uniform about the U.S.'s response to the pandemic, this isn't going to be either. Rather than calling them passports, some employers and private businesses are mandating proof of vaccination to enter some places mask free.
2: Yeah, I am sensing a pattern here. So let's start with employers mm-hmm. and employees. What do those mandates actually look like?
1: Okay, so most companies don't require vaccines for people to return to work. And to be clear, having a vaccine mandate is not illegal since the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission says it doesn't violate discrimination laws. But at this late hour of the pandemic, a lot of companies are realizing that you can't have a strong economy if people aren't safe from a deadly virus. Plus, they're probably scared of wrongful death suits, whether it be from families of employees who get sick or customers who get sick interacting with employees. And because of that, some heavy hitters just started mandating their workforce get vaccinated. Here's some examples. So uh, there's Delta and United Airlines mandating it for new hires. Uh, Morgan Stanley employees have to be vaccinated. So, all right, I I guess don't cough on our money. Uh, And across the country, healthcare facilities, including the Mayo Clinic, are mandating their employees be vaxxed up if they want to continue working there.
2: Yeah, and amid all of this, there are a couple of surprising exceptions, though.
1: Always. I don't know how surprising this will be, but some police departments across the country are once again forgetting their duty to protect and serve and have relatively low vaccination rates.
3: Uh-huh. In Las
1: Vegas, for example, just 39% of employees have gotten at least one dose. In Columbus, Ohio, that rate is as low as 28%. Hmm. And ironically, Pfizer doesn't require employees to be vaccinated, according to the New York Times, but they're considering it. I think I know somewhere they can get a vaccine if they're interested.
2: Yeah, they can call Johnson and Johnson. Uh, so right. for <laughs> live events or just going out to bars, there may be mandates like that coming to a city near you. Right? Um, you know, I had to use mm-hmm. this app at one point called Excelsior to show that I was vaccinated. The other option was getting a negative test and showing that there was a long line for it. That was all just to get into an NBA game at Barclays. So that's something people everywhere might want to get used to in the future.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, LA now has a database of bars that require proof of vaccine to enter or again, a recent negative COVID test. Mm -hmm. And more than 500 bars in San Francisco have agreed to start a vaccine mandate too. That begins this Thursday. But reportedly all over the country, in Atlanta, in Provincetown, Massachusetts, uh, in Denver, and a lot more places, companies and private businesses are putting their foot down about letting unvaccinated people hold us up any longer. We're going to put a link in our show notes for how to store your vaccine data on your phone in case you want to leave your house anytime soon. (laughs) And as always, we'll keep following this as these numbers unfortunately go up. But that's the latest for now. Tuesday Wad squad and for today's temp check we're talking about one of the legends of reading LeVar Burton of Reading Rainbow and Roots is guest hosting Jeopardy this week in a television event we've been looking forward to for a very very long time
2: this award-winning actor and director is the next guest host of Jeopardy who is me
0: Lavar Burton. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> Burton is the fan favorite to take over the show after Alex Trebek hosted it for 37 seasons. A Change.org petition to make him the permanent host circulated widely last year and has over 250,000 signatures. I'm pretty sure I'm on there, <laughs> and he's made it uh, known that he's really interested in the job. Telling the New York Times in June that he considers it what he was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And this week, Burton will be raising money for the literacy nonprofit Reading Is Fundamental. So, Gideon, from your perspective. What is it that makes Burton just so perfect for this role?
2: Oh man, what isn't there that makes him so perfect? <laughs> that's like a good point. the man is is knowledge uh, in human form. You know, like yeah. he's so synonymous with us learning when we were younger. And that's like mm-hmm. you know the main thing of the the show is yeah. uh, showing off to people how knowledgeable you are. Um, yeah, that's so true. yeah, he's he's perfect for it. Uh, I caught like a little bit of him doing this last night. And the other thing that I realized that like he was doing really well was this dismissive but nice way of telling people that they had the answers wrong. Oh, nice. So like they would buzz in, they would get something like completely off, and he'd be like, no, before moving on to the next <laughs> thing. And I was like, you're I killing it. it. This is amazing. Yeah,
1: that is a real vibe. That's a good way. I'm going to start saying no to people like that about pretty much everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like, I'm going to tell you that you have made a massive mistake in the nicest way possible that you will remember for a long time because I am disappointed in you. Um, Yeah. But what do you think about all this?
1: I mean, I think that LeVar is just a shoe-in. I think he's going to be great this week. I think that it makes sense. You know, to your point, reading Rainbow was, like, the best part of being a kid in school in the 90s. Like, when they rolled in that big-butt TV and just, mm-hmm. like, reading Rainbow <laughs> theme song would happen, and everybody just, like, try to hit the high notes to be like, butterfly in the freaking sky. Like, I love that. I also hear, I haven't listened to his podcast, but I hear his podcast is great, similar mm. energy of, like, you know, talking about books and reading and the world, and I just think as a curious person, as a person who is so learned, it's, like, a real benefit it to us, that he's also just nostalgic and wonderful and talented and charming and all the things. Like, you know, TLDR, I think that LeVar Burton is just the bee's knees.
2: He is. And, you know, he talks about being disappointed if he doesn't get this. And I think we will perhaps be more disappointed. So make sure he gets this.
1: I think that's true. <laughs> and just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe, read a book, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be back after some ads. <laughs>
0: Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines.
2: President Biden hosted Iraqi Prime Minister Mustafa Al-Kadhimi at the White House yesterday and announced the U.S. combat mission in Iraq will conclude by the end of this year, but the military will continue to work with Iraqi forces. Alongside the Prime Minister, Biden said this. Well,
0: our role in Iraq will be
2: to be available to continue to train, to assist, to help, and to deal with ISIS as it arrives. But... uh, we are not going to be by then here in a combat mission. There are roughly 2,500 U.S. troops currently in Iraq and officials have not yet announced how that number will change following this announcement. But this formal announcement is largely symbolic and it comes as Biden is completing the withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan and Khadami faces increased pressure from hardline Shiite factions who are calling for the removal of all American troops.
1: One of the world's biggest cigarette companies is taking a noble stand against itself. Philip Morris International called for cigarettes to be banned in the U.K. within 10 years, describing cigarette smoking as a, quote, problem, okay, (laughs) that should be solved as soon as possible. Eradicate us. Uh, This fits with the UK government's stated goal of eliminating tobacco smoking by 2030. It also fits with PMI's recent efforts to move away from its core tobacco business and focus on the other end of the addiction rainbow, launching and acquiring businesses that make nicotine gum, inhalers, and even life insurance. This is how executives double their profits while also doubling the damage to their own mortal souls. (laughs) Tobacco companies haven't always prioritized doing good, so there's reason to be very skeptical of PMI's support for a cigarette ban. Notably, the ban would leave room for electronic cigarette alternatives that companies like PMI are pushing more and more, based on dubious, often tobacco company-funded research showing that they're safer than smoking.
2: Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to see uh, how this doesn't turn out the way that they are promising <laughs> that it will. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. The Olympics kicked off this weekend with the world's best athletes meeting up in Tokyo to compete and collect negative COVID tests. Mm. <laughs> Here are some of the highlights. Weightlifter Heidelin Diaz brought home the first ever gold medal for the Philippines with her record-breaking 127-kilogram lift. In swimming, world record holder Katie Ledecky of Team USA lost the 400-meter freestyle to Australia's Ariane Titmus by 0.67 seconds. Mm. Until that event, Ledecky had never lost an individual race at the Olympics, so Titmuss' victory was extremely impressive. Mm -hmm. However, It was Titmuss' coach, Dean Boxall, who went viral for his celebration ceremony where he seemed to lose control of his mind and body, jerking, (laughs) flailing, and humping in a style somewhere between James Brown and Cosmo Kramer. We'll keep you posted on more victory dances and historic wins as the Olympic Games continue.
1: Jerking, flailing, and humping. That is actually the steps to the Humpty Dance, if you're familiar. (laughs) (laughs) out. Uh, Kanye West discovered a little-known trick for scoring great deals on sports tickets. Literally, move into a stadium. (laughs) TMZ is reporting that Kanye has been living in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta since last Thursday when he held a huge listening party there for his new album, Donda. Apparently, he was inspired by the energy of the crowd, so he wants to stay until he finishes the album. (laughs) Also, he's not just blowing up an air mattress by the escalators. He reportedly has his own in-stadium studio space and living quarters, plus a chef to cook meals. I hope that chef is not just a microwave. (laughs) Kanye was spotted in the stadium crowd at an Atlanta United game last Saturday, probably asking people to please keep it down so he can go to sleep. The Donda livestream broke records for Apple Music with 3.3 million viewers, and the album is now set to come out on August 6th. After that, you can safely go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium without any risk of seeing Kanye in a bathrobe.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for him to live out the rest of his time doing 2004's The Terminal, starring Tom Hanks. Good for him.
1: Yeah, wow. I love his ambition. And those are the headlines. <laughs>
2: That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, rescue us from the beach that makes you old, and tell your friends to listen.
1: (laughs) And if you're into reading and not just civic-minded press releases from tobacco companies like me, (laughs) One a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes.
2: I'm Kadean Resnick. And, and happy, happy housewarming, housewarming Kanye.
1: Kanye. Yeah, I hope someone got you one of those electric bottle openers. They're a great gift, and I feel like you might need one.
2: Yeah, I hope that you've had tons and tons of free hot dogs. Yeah, that were just in the stadium. That would be cool. It's a
1: pretty sick house filled with hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media.
2: It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis.
1: Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers.
2: Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me.
1: Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.
3: The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the
0: most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.